Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood. And on this podcast, we take a deep dive into medical sales and in particular, orthopedic medical sales, where I do my best to share with you everything that I have learned up to this point and document really the day-to-day sales calls and meetings and interactions I'm having so that you can learn from my experiences and hopefully help you become more successful in your career as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Program. This is Colby Wood, and uh, what I wanted to discuss in this episode, I've been having a number of conversations recently with people that are trying to get into medical sales, and a lot of times i found that they are getting frustrated because they feel like they can't get in the industry, or you know, they've got an interview or two and it doesn't go well, or, or at least maybe it goes well, but they don't get the job. I wanted to wanted to take this podcast episode and and share at least a little bit of my perspective on that and what I think you've got to be honest and and bring bring this perspective to the table in your life and especially if you're trying to get into medical sales. You know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that when I went to college and I was I was a good high school baseball player. Um, I was drafted late, but I was drafted out of high school in baseball. So I was a pretty good, pretty good baseball player. And I mean, I, I would throw, you know, 88 to 90 miles an hour is what I would sit with my fastball in high school. And, um, you know, I would touch 91, 92 occasionally. And especially growing up in kind of like a small suburban area where, you know, I was definitely one of the best pitchers in the area. Once I went to college, everybody's good. <laughs> like, like I walk on campus at, uh, at Michigan to play baseball, everybody throws 90 miles an hour. Like every single pitcher on the team throws 90 miles an hour. So I go from being, you know, one of the guys in the area throwing hard, thinking I'm, you know, sweet. Then you go to college, you're like, holy shit, everybody is talented. You realize quickly that the world is a big place. There's a lot of people out here and a lot of people are good. You know, just because I threw 90 miles an hour in high school doesn't mean that I'm going to be something special coming to college because all of my buddies in college throw 90 miles an hour, 90 plus, a lot of them throw faster. And I use that simply as a, uh, as a way to think about you getting into medical sales because, you know, I, I don't know if I can. I'm not going to try to pull the analogy that getting into medical sales is the same thing as like division one sports. I don't know. It could be, and that might work, but I think the better way to think about it is there are a lot of talented people that want to get into this industry. There are a lot of people that want to do this job. And so you, what I don't want you to have is the perspective of, well, I'm good. And therefore I can't believe I'm not getting the job offer. I can't believe I'm not getting hired. Or, you know, I, whatever the equivalent in medical sales of throwing 90 miles an hour is, you're going to walk into the interview, but there might be three, four other people that throw 90 miles an hour, quote unquote, in the job interview, right? You might be like, well, you know, I've had sales experience and I've got a medical background. <laughs> there might be three other people that have the exact same thing. Or you might have been like the, you know, one sales rep of the year in your previous company and now you're coming in here. Well, 
there's a lot of people that are good. And so it's not as though you're the only one that's talented that's getting interviewed here and getting hired. And so that I use that just as a, uh, as a framework of, you know, you really have to work your ass off to be good and to separate yourself and to differentiate yourself. If everybody that shows up for the interview is more or less as good as you are, what are you going to do? How are you going to differentiate yourself? And that's how I think you should think about this. And it's not that you're not qualified necessarily. Like, I don't know, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I'm not interviewing you, so I can't really tell. You might be qualified. You might be a good fit, but there also might be five other good fits that are interviewing for the same position. And you say, well, then how, how do I separate myself? How do I get the job? Well, that's what this entire podcast is about. That's what everything that I've talked about is about. How do you differentiate yourself against not, like, you don't need to differentiate yourself against people that are not good. You need to differentiate yourself against people that are just as good as you that are interviewing for the same thing. And that's how you got to think about it. And, you know, the there's kind of two layers to getting hired in, in a career in medical sales. One is knowing what to do. Okay. You've got the strategy down. Am I doing the right things to try to get hired? Well, I'm, you know, I'm reaching out to, to people on LinkedIn who work for the companies I want to work for that have job titles that are people I should be connecting with. And I'm, if you're doing all the right things, that is good. Cool. Right. So at some level you have to have the right strategy, but what I haven't talked about yet is talent. Like just playing the simple talent. Some people are more talented than other people. Now, you might be the one that's more talented or might not. When I went to college, I realized quickly, quickly, I was not the most talented person on the team. You know, I was, I was one of eight uh, kids in my freshman class. And I was the only one of the eight, if I'm remembering correctly, that was drafted out of high school. And so I walk in there thinking like, oh, man, I'm the only one that's drafted. Here I am. <laughs> like, oh, shit, <laughs> I am not the most talented person here. You know, you find out quickly once you actually expose yourself to those types of scenarios and you once you get outside of your little bubble, you realize there are a lot of people in this world that are talented. And I walked on campus and I learned quickly that I was not the most gifted person there. Like like day one, I realized I was not the I was not the most gifted person there. I didn't have the most talent. So then what do I do? Well, work my ass off and try to maximize the talent that I do have. And that's the way you need to think about this also. You know, and, and be honest with yourself about the talent that you're bringing or not bringing. It's okay if you're not the quote unquote most talented. It's okay if you're not the most gifted, if you're not the most charismatic, if you're not the most, you know, talkable, if you don't command the room the best, if you don't have the ability to think on your feet as well as maybe somebody else. Like, I, I'm not the best at all of these things, clearly. I mean, I'm not the most successful sales rep ever. It's not like I am the pinnacle of medical sales reps. I'm just the one that's actually talking to you and telling you how to do it. You know, the ones that are at the top, they don't spend their time doing this. Maybe because they don't have to, maybe because they don't want to. Uh, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, I'm not, I'm not doing this podcast because I think that I'm the, the chief 
arbiter of medical sales reps. I'm not, like, I'm not the Michael Jordan of medical sales reps, just so we're clear. I think I'm pretty good. I think I know what I'm doing. But I, work, I, have, I have had to and continue to work my ass off to be good at this job. It's not like I'm the most talented. And so that's, that's the mindset that I think you have to get into of, look, chances are you're not the most talented person for this job. And that's okay. You, just by definition, there can only be one that is the most talented. So obviously you're not going to be that person. I'm not going to be that person either. But I'm going to work my ass off and then I'm going to bring my strengths to the forefront of the conversation when I'm getting interviewed. I'm going to be the most interesting person that they interview. I'm going to bring new ideas, new thinking, new concepts into the interview process. I'm going to make them think about how they do what they do. I'm going to prove that I'm willing to work. I'm not going to tell them I'm willing to work. I'm going to prove I'm willing to work. Like there's a lot of things that you can do when you're not the most talented person as a way to make yourself look better or make yourself look like the better option. You know, it's, it's not always the most talented that win either. You know, there, there were buddies of mine that were in college that were more talented than I am, but didn't perform as well as I did. And not to say that I performed well, I actually think I underperformed my abilities in college, but it's not automatic that the most talented and gifted person is going to be the best option. You know, I think this is most, it's most clear to me when I think about the NFL combine. So if any of you are NFL fans, I think you'll, you'll connect with this pretty quickly. And the, maybe (laughs) there, there are two positions where it really stands out to me. Number one, quarterbacks and number two, wide receivers. Um, I played wide receiver in high school. I was, uh, I was not fast. So I had to, uh, I was running fade routes, but they would just throw it up because I was 6'6", and hopefully could jump higher than the quarterback corner. That was usually about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, um, so I was not a stud wide receiver, but, you know, I connect with wide receivers. I, I know the game relatively well. Uh, but if you look on a stat sheet, or if, if you go and look at, all right, the wide receivers that run the fastest 40 time, or they run the quickest cone drill, or they have the highest vertical, those are not automatically the best wide receivers. And those are not generally the wide receivers that get picked first. Now, they might be the most gifted. They might have the most talent. But that's not necessarily going to be the whole story. You know, the I'm blanking on this guy's name. Uh, something Bay. Crap. I'm not going to be able to think of it on the podcast here. He was drafted by the uh, Raiders. <laughs> They've had a lot of good draft picks, uh, Jamarcus Russell. <clears throat> They've had a lot of good draft picks. Uh, Darius Hayward, Hayward Bay. I think that's it. I don't know where I pulled that from. I think it was Darius Hayward Bay. Hayward Bay, I think it's right. Uh, he was a wide receiver. This has got to be, oh, man, six, seven, eight years ago now. Maybe even longer. I don't know. Anyway, he was coming out of college, and he was drafted. I think he was like the first wide receiver taken off the, off the board, something like that. And it's fundamentally, it's not because he was ranked the best wide receiver in college for the year. It was because he went to the combine, and then he ran like a 4-3. He, he ran something crazy in the, in, the six, or the, uh, in the 40, and therefore he shot up the draft boards because he was extremely talented, extremely gifted but he was not the best wide receiver in that class. 
I think he might have been the same year as um, Michael Crabtree coming out of Texas Tech, who's had a pretty good career. He's, he's battled some injuries. But, you know, you think about those two options, you get Darius Hayward Bay, who runs a 40 way faster than Michael Crabtree, that's fine, but he can't get open, or maybe he doesn't have the hands. Michael Crabtree is a good wide receiver. Now, he's not he's not freaking uh, Randy Moss. Let's not get it twisted. He's not Calvin Johnson. He's not uh, – who's the guy that just got the massive contract by the Saints? Crap. I can't think of his name. Anyway, wide receiver that just set the record for highest paid. I think he got $100 million. Um, he's not OBJ, but he's a good-ass wide receiver. And on the stat book or on the stat sheet, he would not have nearly the stats that somebody like Darius Hayward Bay would have. But he's definitely the better pick. And then you think about QBs. I mean, <laughs> sorry for all you out there. I got to go this route just because of the Michigan connection, so don't hate me for it. But if, if you're not a completely subjective NFL football fan, you'll agree with me on this. So try to be objective for once if you're like that. Uh, Tom Brady. Um, (laughs) I forget what he ran in the 40 in college or at the uh, NFL combine. It was, it was five something like five, five, (laughs) which is just terrible. You know, you look at any stat sheet and he is not near the top yet. It's, essentially inarguable that he's the best QB ever, right? Eh, okay, there's a lot of good QBs. Peyton Manning's good. Drew Brees is good. Elway's good. Uh, Marino's good. There's a lot of good QBs that have played the game, but nobody has the accolades. Nobody has the Super Bowls. Whatever. I'm not going to go down the road there, but let's just use Tom Brady as an example. Is he the most gifted, most talented QB ever? Absolutely not. If you looked at him in his 40, no. His vertical jump, no. His arm strength, no. His arm accuracy, maybe, I don't know, probably not the most accurate QB ever, right? There's, you, can, you could look at any measurable statistic for a QB, and he would not be at the top of the list. Yet, he's probably the best QB to ever play the game. And so that's, you've got to, You've got to try to mold yourself into the Tom Brady of medical sales because you're not going to be the most talented. Like, there's only one. Whoever's at the top, we don't, obviously, there's no way to figure out who it is. Whoever the most talented person is, it's not going to be you. And it's not going to be me either. So, figure out how to mold yourself into the Tom Brady of medical sales. If you don't have the most person, personable, you know, attributes, if you don't command a room, if you can't think well on your feet, um, if you don't know how to cold call, if you're afraid to go talk to people, you better figure out how to work on those skill sets, but also figure out what your strengths are. What are you bringing to the table that's going to be better than everybody else and highlight those? Um, you know, but, but I think the, the talent aspect has to, be, has to be brought into the conversation at some level. Because obviously that plays a role. It's not just enough to know what to do. You actually have to then be good at it when you're doing it. And that's where training and practice comes into play. That, you know, I talk all the time about practicing what you're going to say, about videoing yourself saying what you're going to say, about working out your answers to difficult questions in the interview process, about figuring out how you're going to differentiate yourself 
against everybody else that you're going to be interviewing with and just assuming that they're going to be more gifted or talented, how are you still going to get that? You know, the, the talent aspect and the skill sets that are needed to differentiate yourself, like that comes down to putting in the work and, um, and not getting too down on yourself or assuming that because I didn't get one job, I didn't get this one job that now maybe I'm not a good fit or maybe this isn't going to work out. If that's you, you're not going to be a good fit for sales. Like if you're somebody that has interviewed once or twice or three times and you're like, man, I didn't get these jobs. I don't think this is going to work out. Like <laughs> you've never sold anything in your life clearly because you never, you're never going to make a career trying to sell three customers, period. Try 30 customers and then talk to me. If you try, if you interview 30 times and don't get a job, yeah, you should probably, you should probably look elsewhere. If you, if you have interviewed three times and you didn't get it, you really got to be honest with yourself about, are you made, are you fit for sales? Because sales is about dealing with rejection and not letting it slow you down. You're going to have customers say no to you all the time. If you go call on 10 customers in a day, on a good day, you might get two to, to say yes to you in that day. So you might be batting 20%. So if you're 0 for 3 in trying to get hired for medical sales, that could just be one of the eight that said no to you. But then you're giving up after three. Like, you're probably not fit for sales job, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying you should be in sales. Like, I'm just... Like, if you want to be in sales, this is how you should do it. This is how you th should think about it. But you shouldn't automatically just be like, damn it, I am going to be in sales. Like, if you're not fit for sales, if you don't have the personality type for it, if you're not fully committed to it, if you don't know absolutely this is what you want to do, if you're a person that doesn't get the job on the first two times and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not cut out for it or, man, I don't know what's going wrong here. Uh, you know, the people that are hiring me, they're idiots can't believe they didn't hire me. Like, what are you doing? That's nothing. You called on three customers and they said no to you and now you're going to stop? Like, that's not how this works. That's not how you're going to be successful in the career anyway. So if, you know, if you've got that mindset, like, you should do something else seriously because you're not going to be happy in sales if you're somebody that after three attempts, you're going to be down in the dumps and you're going to be struggling to make that fourth fold fourth cold call because you're like, man, they're going to say no to me also. You know, that's just, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how I think about it. And that's how I think you should think about it as well. Um, I don't know that it's an absolute perfect analogy for you, but I really felt like the NFL combine made sense and, and me going to college and realizing like, shit, everybody's as good as I am. <laughs> like, like everybody's just as talented as I am. So what are you going to do to, to, outcompete them. Like the only practical advice is outworking them. You know, that's the thing I've, I've talked about like work hard or work smart, um, on this podcast before. It's like, if I think the, the only practical advice that I could give to somebody is working harder at your craft. Like I can give you the strategy, uh, you need to work on this or you need to work on that, but realize that 
work on this and work on that both start with it with the word work which means you've got to put in more time you've got to outwork your competition and there there's just no other practical advice like how would i if if it's hard work and talent right like that's kind of what we're talking about in this podcast you've got somebody that you can tell somebody what to do you can have the strategy right but then you also have talent talent comes into play at some level so it's like somebody that's talented and somebody that works hard so you need both talent and hard work okay cool i'm with you there how do i tell somebody to be more talented like <laughs> I, I don't i don't understand how to give somebody practical advice useful advice on how to be more talented i i have practical useful advice on how to work harder how to spend your time better things that you should be working on i can help you with your strategy and hopefully be somewhat motivating to to put in more effort and more time like it's practical to say to you hey can you spend another hour a week or two hours a week on this like that's practical advice everybody can do that if i were to say if i were to go to you and say you really need to be more charismatic like mm, how <laughs> i got i don't know what that i don't know how to help you with that i really don't like i'm not a i'm not a psychologist or a soci, not a sociologist psychologist or a clinician of any sort so i can't tell you like this is what you should do to be more charismatic or this is what you should do to be more likable like i mean at some level you've got some talent and that comes natural to you and to other people it doesn't and i don't know what i can tell you that's actually practical advice to help you with that you know, be more talented, be more likable, be more charismatic, be less afraid when you're in front of, have less anxiety when you're interviewing, be less nervous when you're like, the only practical advice for that is practice more, work harder, you know, figure it out, spend time figuring out what your answers are going to be. Speak into a camera a hundred times and you're going to figure out that after the 50th time, you get a lot less nervous trying to figure out what you're going to say. And you're going to be better at thinking on your feet. Like, I, 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 don't, I just don't know how to give anybody practical advice that's not somewhere in the realm of working harder and trying to, I guess it could be working smarter too, because, you know, maybe you're just working smart at the wrong thing. So like spend your time doing this instead of that, you know, like working smarter is spend more time figuring out how you're going to answer the tough objections than work on your resume. There, there is very good, smart advice work smarter. Now, spend more time doing that. So, um, but I just, I think that, that framework or thinking about it that way can hopefully be helpful because you've got to, you've got to take into account what you are naturally good at or not naturally good at. And then you've got to just work like hell because everybody else that's trying to get the job that you're trying to get at some level, they're just as qualified as you are. Now you might have an angle. You might've spent you know, two more years than they did doing this or that, or you might have something that you can bring to the table that's a little bit unique and differentiated. But just like I walked into school the first day in college, I'm like, oh shit, everybody is as good or better than me. Everybody. Everybody throws 90 miles an hour. You know, you're like, oh, I, I've got the perfect background for this position. Yeah, probably so do like three other people that are interviewing for the job. So you better figure out how to work your ass off to get that job 
better figure out how you're going to differentiate yourself from the other three people that have the same background that you have or want, want it just as bad as you do. So anyway, that's, that's how I think about it. And that's how I think you should think about it. And fundamentally, you know, spend your time figuring out how you're going to differentiate yourself in a world where the competition is very high. People want to do that. Everybody wants to do this job. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of very talented people want to do medical sales. A lot of people struggle to get into the industry. And a lot of that is because everybody's talented. So it's tough. So you can't get a, give up after the first or second or third try. You've got to keep pushing and get better. Use every opportunity that you can to get better. Every time you get told no, use that opportunity to figure out why they told you no and work on those things and you know continue chipping away and making yourself a better candidate, a better better option. So that one time, like all it takes is one time. You don't need everybody to say yes to you. You need one person to say yes to you. It doesn't matter that you fail the first three times in your interviews. It doesn't matter. You go to the fourth one, they might love you. So, and then, then, it, then it's all better. And then you're like, oh, why was I being such an idiot about the first three thinking like, oh, now I'm done forever. You know, just, you got to keep pushing. You got to stay with it. You got to have real grit and determination to, uh, to push past the failures in this, uh, in this industry. So anyway, I hope that's helpful. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. If you thought that this podcast was helpful for you, consider subscribing to this channel and leaving us a review. And if you're interested in learning more about the medical sales training programs that we provide, you can check us out online at medicalsalescertificationprogram.com. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode.